Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. <clears throat> this is Toxic and Problematic. My name's Slimfast. Mm-hmm. Lazel's here. I am. Snowcone's here. Grab that whiskey. Yeah. Grab that whiskey. Uh, are you telling people that, or do I need to grab you? you some need to whiskey? grab, grab oh, me okay. that whiskey. I didn't know. <laughs> you can see how I can be confused, right? Snowcone, no. grab that whiskey. I, I don't thought know it was how like, you would know. Grab that whiskey. There you go. Ah, uh, this is a podcast we do every week. We don't really have a theme. We just kind of sit and bullshit. We we have definitely been testing out some different themes, but we had a theme. Did you get a price chopper card? I did. That one's yours. You, you, know you, you know how much it is? I don't know. Last I year, well, I know that. Bucks. Bucks. How do you know? Because I checked mine. Did it? Well, how do you know mine's not? You got one? I would hope yeah, it could be. I don't know. You got I one? So. I know mine was 50 bucks. I've, I have to tell. 15 or 50? 50. 50. 5 That's If good. I get the same as you. No, it will be. Don't deserve it. It might be 25. I, I think mine's gonna be less than I don't know. I, I don't know. So. You got yours at Christmas when you were supposed to get it? No, she gave it to me yesterday. Oh, okay. I thought she came in here and had cards for me and Lazo, not one for you. And no, I, she got me in the hallway. I thought about her offering it up to you, but I was like, nah, I need those groceries. <laughs> but the thing is, I complained. What did your card say? Did your card say anything? Mm, yes. Hold on, I got it in there. I'll go grab it. Yeah, where's mine? I think ours are over here somewhere. But I complained at home about, I didn't even get a goddamn. Gro- grocery store card this year. Last year they gave us a grocery store card. I don't even get that. So I need to remember to uh, tell my girlfriend, like, hey, is my bad. I was supposed to go down there and get it. They did get me the $50 grocery store card. So mm. I do definitely feel appreciated. Okay, it says... Shouldn't have been complaining. Spencer, thinking of you and hoping you have a beautiful holiday season. Hope you got. Hope you had a great holiday. Enjoy this little gift. Here's the 2023. Hmm. Oh, she's thinking of you. Mm. Is that what yours what, said, Lazo? No, what did yours say? I th- mine said something like, uh, appreciate all your patience mm. with uh, everything that happened last year. So oh, okay. Something okay. like that. Is that what yours said? No. Well, okay, so now you're going to have us tell it. Yours has got to be over here somewhere. I'll bet it's in this trash can. It's not in the trash can. Damn it, they only get the trash like once a week. I don't know where it is. Now I want to know what it said. Was it Was it a long note that was written in there? It said to one of my favorites. Oh well, mine. You know, mine might have said that. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. It had a snowman on the front. I recall that. Mine said to one of my favorites. Okay. Well, you know what? She told Snowco and she was thinking about him. So mm-hmm. you know, well, that was just a generic one. But the thinking about you during the holidays, right? That's you write on all Christmas cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless she was really thinking about you, I would ask her. Boy, I would write I her back and just say, "I'm just curious if you were really thinking about me. If not, no biggie." <laughs> Boy, you don't think that's a good idea? Mm, mm, she seems nice, you know. She does seem very nice. It's a totally different thing now, you know, than the bosses that we had in the past that we were scared of and that we hid from. And she seems nice, and yeah, I do. And she thinks about snow cone. I enjoy and your company. Her favorites, and yeah. Uh so. We also, hey, uh, real quick, yeah. if you're uh, listening to this podcast or watching it on Twitch or YouTube or whatever, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like you can get us wherever you need to get us, right? I mean, yeah. you know, if you're 12, are we on TikTok? I don't know. And if you're 55, we're on Facebook, and then just pick your age in between, right? Yeah. We got stuff for all that. Uh, and, uh, you know, brought to you by Mitra-9.com. Com. Yeah. Get yourself uh, some kratom, make yourself feel you better. Snow cone. They sell. When you log on there, just go uh, buy what you want to buy, and then put in the uh, code word problematic. Yep. And what I'm holding up there is a GoPack. So that's you know, Lazo has these. We I drink them all the time. Cut I it open it. and put it in a bottle of water, and boom. And I never took to kratom before. But they also never. sell seltzers. I like the seltzers. They make premixed seltzers, and uh, yeah, you get a pretty good discount, right? Like twenty percent or something yeah. if you use the the promo code problematic. Mm-hmm. So thank you to them, because man. 
you know, we the, could use that. This, yeah, these right. are the early days, and they they were believers in us early. So thank, thank you. you. And also, obviously, what a great sponsor to have. It works for I know, us. It makes sense. We love their product. Uh so we don't really have a theme. We've done different things. We did one episode that was a true crime episode, just to get it out of the way, mm-hmm. about a local true crime story from a few years back. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we've we've tried different things. Last week was a big, um, big reveal. I guess. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know what would you call that. Yeah, I think it was like you know a reveal about our lives, yeah. sharing about our lives. Here's something yeah. big that that just happened in in life that yeah. we haven't talked about yet. So uh, one of the things that we talked about years ago when we were doing podcasts. We were on the air bullshitting, talking about different uh, successful podcasts. And, you know, we were talking about, like, My Favorite Murder, and those, and we were like, why not My Favorite Murray? Right. That's what we came up with. There's plenty of Murrays. Just just do a Murray. The name is already right there. Someone right. might the even... The t-shirts work. Absolutely. My Favorite Murray and a picture of different Murrays. Like, right. I mean... And then you could, you know, you might... Someone might get confused, hopefully, hopefully and think it's maybe the other one, and then they, they end up falling in love with us. Mm-hmm. So, we never did it. We just thought it was funny, and we laughed about it. And I think we even looked up a few Murrays at the time. Sure we did. And I know you're all thinking Bill Murray, but we can, oh, there's so we many can't start with him. Aaron yeah. Murray, Eddie Murray, the Ann Murray, the list of Murrays, this never ends. Right. So, uh, I, you know, if it does ever end, I think, first of all, I don't think we'll outlast the list. But if we, if we did, we'll end with Bill Murray. we got to get these. You know who Bill Murray is. Sure. We want to teach you about some other Murrays. I mean, these are our favorite Murrays. My favorite Murray. And so that's what this is. Toxic Murray has entered the conversation. Yep. Uh, but there was something else I was going to talk to you. Oh, I wanted to talk to you about Tony Romo real quick. I know that's uh, totally out of left field. Murray? but Tony Romo. Was it Tony Murray, Romo? No, this is this is uh, off off uh, the the theme here for a second. But I did okay. want to talk to you about it. Tony Romo, mm-hmm. when you know quarterback for the Cowboys. I'm not a, a big enough sports person to know. I've heard some people say that it that the the team was so mismanaged. Otherwise, he would have gone down as one of the greats, whatever. But he was a good quarterback, right, he was a good quarterback. at least. And then when he went to TV, he was great. I, yeah. I think mm-hmm. everybody just kind of was like, "Wow, this guy's really good." Yeah. And yeah. so. Um, you know, his bosses thought the same thing, and CBS signed him for a big deal, which I watch AFC football mostly, so I get to hear him all the time. Right. I like him. You like him? I like Tony Romo. I don't have any problems. I don't ever, like, I. it's such a I watch so much football, and I hear people complain about announcers, and to be honest with you, I just don't get it. Like, I know some of them are better than others. I know if I'm watching a shitty game, yeah, I'm like, oh. These guys, you right, know, the, that ain't Al Michaels, exactly, right? So exactly. if I'm like and watch a shitty college game, I'm like, okay, I don't know who this Dusty Dvorak motherfucker is, but, you know, he's fine, right? Like, yeah. I get it. I've never been like, I can't stand these announcers. People get so passionate about that shit. I know. Like, really passionate. I, I never, you do, you're like, ah, that motherfucker's no good. I'm like, what did he do that wasn't good? I, I don't just, understand. Some of them do annoy me, and I think a lot of it just has to do with what you're used to. So like I said, I watch mostly AFC games on CBS. So if I flip over to Fox to watch an NFC game, the announcers, I usually don't know them immediately. And then a lot of times I just think, God, these, in my mind, they seem like, you know, minor leagues. But it's probably just because of what I'm used to. And for the national games, I like all those guys. Uh, I like Collinsworth. I like Al Michaels. I liked uh, Troy Aikman, all that. There's just a couple of those guys that, like you said, you're watching a game that nobody cares about with two you know, four, four and eight yeah. teams. I never really do, do. The announcers annoy you? Is that snow cone? Is that a thing? Like, are you watching? Like these guys suck. Like o- only I never. Joe Buck. 
Joe Buck. Well, you just don't. But Joe Buck's a great announcer. Right. No, he is. You I just don't, don't like him because you think he hates Kansas right. City. But that's right. the way I think. But I can right. tell when it's Collinsworth and Michaels. Like, yeah, but I like Tony Romo just fine. Yeah. yeah. No, I think. I, mean, I, I like, get it if you're like, oh, I don't like that guy because he doesn't like my team, which is bullshit. But I get it. Yeah. I like what's his name too, uh, uh, Raiders coach or former Raiders coach. Well, he's not doing it anymore. Uh, Chucky. His, yeah. What's yeah. his name? Chucky Gruden. Gruden. He's yeah. not doing it anymore. He was good. I like those guys. Him and Romo. I feel like explain. What's happening to the game more? Yeah, which, yeah. which I, do so, the dumbass football, kind of need, and that's kind of a job. And Collinsworth, I think, does a great job. Uh, interestingly, this guy I, says Chris Collinsworth can go outside and play hide and go fuck him. So some people I hate hear Collinsworth. That, I hear that like, my why brother would you hate hates Collinsworth. I don't get it. I don't get it. My brother hates him. He's so annoyed by him. I'm like, really? Because as soon as he started doing TV, I was like, I like this guy. Yeah. You know, and usually I don't like change, but he, I don't know. I like him. I'm talking about like the low tier, like you're saying, the two teams that it's. So we're halfway through the season. They're not playing. They're not going to the playoffs. Right. And it's a noon game, and you're like, "Who are these guys?" I think it's because my dad used to complain too. He'd be like, "Oh, we got the you know B grade announcers today, Jesus Christ!" And so it was something that was really taught to me. Okay. Like, who are these guys? My brothers do it. Seems like such a weird thing to get. Yeah, I really to have an opinion on. Like, I just don't. I never have an opinion on it. I really just. And I don't think on the other of side of that, I don't think I've ever stopped and been like, "Oh man." This guy's fucking great. Like, I know I like Collinsworth. I know yeah. I like Romo, but I'm never like, I don't, I just don't think I'm watching the game. These, they're just explaining it. It's fine. They're fine. The only one to me that I'm like, this guy is fucking great is Al Michaels. Every time yeah, I hear his voice, comfortable like, with him. It's like comfort. Exactly. Food. He's like the voice of, you know, he's just right. so cool. Um, and yes, I grew up with him. A lot of us grew up with him. So he might be the only one where I say that. But, I like Romo, and I thought I, I really Ian Eagle. I did think about that. He's not great. I will tell you that. But well, he's fine. You don't like Phil Sims all that much. Well, right? I don't like Phil Sims as a per- person. Like right. I don't find him. Uh, you, but again, I couldn't even tell you what games he does or if he does games. Oh, I noticed okay. from him from like uh, now that I can have an opinion on like the you know uh, halftime shows. Oh and no, stuff? yeah, halftime shows and. Sunday night, fo- you know, the stuff where they're sitting in a chair commentating. Which is what he does right. now, I think. Yeah, I don't a know lot if he's, of it. He did used to call a lot this of games. always comes off as a s- smug prick to Okay. Me. Yeah, and see, and I never had a problem with him, but a lot of people dislike him. But when Romo started doing it, I felt like it was almost universal. Everyone was like, yeah, Romo's good. You know, yeah, well, I mean, the big really thing good. was like he was guessing the plays before they had Right, him. right. Oh, and he does such a good job of explaining it, like you said, Snowcone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with, okay, so you mentioned Collinsworth. I really like him. Obviously... The networks must think most people like him because they give sure. him the, the biggest slot. But he does. There are, there are visceral reactions from people about Collinsworth. Well, usually whenever you're really good at something, you get both. I guess that's it. That's and, not you know nobody's universally loved. That's and just sure. into some, he's still new in a way. You know, like he's he new. He's no, been doing it for like thirty years. I know, but I'm saying depending on how old you are, uh, you know, you're like, oh, Sunday Night Football. I liked it better before Collinsworth was there. I don't know how long he's been doing Sunday nights. Fifteen years, something like that. Never. Yeah. Well, now, Tony Romo, I saw this and it made no sense, but I wanted to ask you about it. But I'm sure you saw the stories everywhere about Tony Romo today. Did you see the, the intervention stories, Lazo? CBS executives, this is from uh, news.com.au. CBS executives tried intervention to address Tony Romo's slippage in Booth. And Snowcone, you saw this too, right? I did not, but I had a friend that mentioned to me that apparently after he got a huge contract, he's kind of stopped showing up early. He stopped trying as hard. He kind of... So I, I was aware that people. Who said that? It was a ten-year deal. Where sort of told me that. Yeah, but I deal. mean, like, is that a like a thing? So in the article, Apparently, it says, yeah. like, the people know that. Like, 
Is, did somebody from CBS be like, Romo doesn't show up on time anymore? They're saying that this these articles have been mischaracterized. Well, I'll tell you what it says here. A 10-year deal for a total of $180 million. That's what he got. It says, in an effort to have Romo focus more on being fully prepared and to help him find a way to mesh better with his broadcaster partner, Jim Nance, executives including CBS Sports Chairman Sean McManus and CBS's lead NFL game producer, uh, Jim Rickhoff, flew on separate trips to Romo's Dallas home, according to sources. Okay. Now, this is the quote. They say, to call this an intervention is a complete mischaracterization. We meet regularly with our on-air talent. So that's what they said. It's not an intervention. But these articles are claiming that Romo maybe, you know, used to watch tape more, do a little more research before the game, know a little bit more about the teams, and that once he got this big deal, you know, it sounds like they're accusing him, or the rumor is that he started to get a little lazy, stopped watching the, the tapes all week. And I thought, is someone complaining about his broadcasting? Like, I have not heard him. I've heard him do almost every game he's done, basically, for the last few years. And I at no point did I think, boy, this guy, he's really phoning it in all of a sudden. You're like, he forgot. Yeah, he, that seems He forgot ridiculous. about football. Like, it seems and, so right. He's, he's watched plenty of tape. He was a professional football player. Right. So he understands how offenses work and what they're doing. That doesn't just leave you. And I haven't seen him be like, well, I don't know who the center is. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like the stuff that you would study, the names, the kind of offense they play, that kind of stuff. I haven't seen him just be like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're doing here. Right. I guess. I mean, it says in this article, you know, so they flew and they had these get togethers. And it says, while the get togethers were said to have gone well, they did not improve the broadcast as Nance and Romo continued to go in the wrong direction, much the same way Nance and his previous partner, Phil Simpson, went back in the wrong direction. Like, are the ratings down? Like, my question is, like, if the ratings go down here, right? Yeah. Then they could say, like, you guys suck and we need to bring in a consultant and try to talk to you. But, like, you, you know, you guys just sign contracts. You're fucking not trying anymore. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. But it's a fucking football game. Like, I literally, I, I would just, I mean, maybe the CBS execs could sit me down and show me research like I could show people about this station, right? Yeah. Maybe they could sit me down. But are you telling me that people turn on the football game and they're like, fucking Tony Romo? That's what I'm saying. Fuck that. <laughs> right. I'll watch a movie? Right. Like, exactly. that's it. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I could hear they could be like, Laszlo, fuck him. I'll listen to this other station or this podcast, or right? Turn on the radio. Yeah. Right. Like, whatever. But are they really like, fuck that? I was really interested in this, you know, Chiefs game, but fuck them. Right. Because I, I can't stand Romo's Romo. Romo's been phoning it in. I hate it. He's been phoning it in. This seems so weird. I've heard zero complaints. I've heard no one say, Did you hear Romo mess up last night? Boy, that was bad. He didn't know which team was. On the field. I don't understand. Now, you got to remember, too, that this all starts from this guy going on a podcast and making these claims that CBS had this intervention with him. So then that, well, who's be, that becomes big news. Uh, so the name of the podcast, let's see, on his uh, Merchant and uh, Ourand Sports Media podcast, Merchant claimed that CBS attempted to stage an intervention with Romo last season Larry in an effort to Merchant? get him to prepare better uh, prior Rockley to games, guy? saying that, they, that he needed to do a better job preparing before games. So then that's what they respond to is, you know, this, uh, this this podcast, I guess. So the network came out and said, what I told you, mischaracterized and like it's normal to have these meetings or whatever. And I'm just thinking, what, what what's Tony Romo done wrong? What did he possibly do? Like you said, who, who suddenly says, God, I can't stand well, Romo. I guess that, the only thing I can deal. think is that they do like Q ratings. Okay. You know, 
And then they ask people who watch the shows. I've never been asked, but that doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of people who have never been asked to participate in ratings of this station, right? Yeah. But maybe they do Q ratings and they see like his likability score going down. And they're like, people used to love you. You were at a 90%, and now you're at a 70%. Like, maybe that's the case. But. Right, but this, I wish one of the stories would at least even just hint at that, but they don't. They just say that CBS went down there. Uh, it says, CBS officials plan to try to again address the issue with the network's lead team during the offseason. Talks about how they went down there and showed him tape and discussed tapes with Romo. To me, that's like in radio, you know, we'll do yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds like something they that's probably normal. should do most of the time. Exactly. This to me sounds like something because in, ra- in radio, you get an air check, right? Yeah. Your boss takes you into the office. Let's listen to the show that you just did. And here, what should you have done here? What was wrong with this? What do you think of that? If you've got a $180 million investment in this guy who's on, you know, the biggest, some of the biggest broadcasts yeah. of the week, it makes sense that you go. Look and he's tape. not a professional. Bro- I mean, he is a professional broadcaster, but that's not his, obviously his first skill. Right. So it may be one of those things where, like, we fly in and talk to him. But to me, this sounds like uh, the, whoever this was in this podcast is taking this, calls it an intervention, when really the idea that CBS executives, they have a $180 million investment, that they would go down there and say, hey, let's watch some tapes. Where can we improve? You know, how can you guys yeah. uh, mesh better? A little dinky radio station does the same thing. Absolutely. That, to me, that is It not- sounds to me like there's just guys in there like, hey, how do you... And maybe it's Nance. Maybe it's yeah. like, yo, this guy's leaving me hanging out to dry as my partner every once in a while. We need to work together. You know what I mean? But right. maybe that's something as a partnership, but yeah, I don't... You know. It's And then you just get all those headlines today, you know, that CBS had an intervention with Tony Romo because of his slippage in Booth. I'm like... I- this is the first I'm ever hearing of this. And then when you right. read through the whole thing, you're like, this is fucking normal. Right. It I, makes it, yeah. perfect sense. They went to his house while he wasn't working. Like, hey, let's watch some tapes. So, Laszlo. Yes. You have prepared a Murray today because we are going to do my favorite Yeah, Murray. I do have a Murray. That's the theme. Do you want to do yours first or you want me to do mine first? I think you should go because I just asked you all this shit about Tony Romo. Sure. Well, we did say that we were going to do my favorite Murrays, right? And I, I bring to you Murray Head. Anybody okay. know who Murray Head is? I do not. I'll you be don't. honest. I don't. Snow Cone, hit my music. No idea. Hit my music then. Oh, okay. Will I know it? I would hope so. Oh, okay. Love this I song. I feel like you based a lot of your life on oh, this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, this song... Yeah. You said you always wanted to it, go to the, Bangkok. Yeah, one night at least. Right. You know so, this song, Snow Cone? No, I don't. You've never oh, heard One Night in Bangkok? Not as far as I know. No, you really? do. I think you do. I, 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 think... I mean, I'm not saying it was like the biggest hit in the world, but how could he have missed it? No. Okay, all right. Well, well, if you don't know it now, then you... There you go. Murray Head, like, a, a one-hit wonder. Okay. Right? Uh, who had a hit song called One Night in Bangkok. Yeah. Uh, So his first name's Murray? His name's Murray Head. Okay. Uh, But one thing I didn't know, a couple things I didn't know about Murray Head, because that song was really just kind of, you know, to me, that could have been the same guy who did did Everybody's Kung Fu Fighting. Exactly. Exactly. The same songs, right? You know? I know the song, but I wouldn't have been able to tell you who it is. Right. Uh, But he got his start. Uh, doing uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, oh. the musical, like wrote the music for that and played Judas Iscariot in the original uh, Jesus Christ Superstar 
uh, they found him to do Jesus Christ Superstar because he was an original cast member of Hair. Oh, no shit. No shit, right? But as you study this guy a little bit more, his mom was an actress. His dad was a uh, documentary maker. Okay. Right? His brother is Anthony Head. Now, you may say, who the fuck's Anthony Head? Which is what I said when I first looked into it. But he is not only a television star, uh, but a movie star. But he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Really? His brother is a is a big role in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and a star in Bridgerton. So these this whole family is Yes. Now he's got there's nieces and nephews like Emily Head, apparently. Oh, I've seen this guy before. Right. Yeah. It says he's in Ted Lasso too. Yeah. Oh, I've seen this guy before. Okay. So his brother sang one night in Bangkok. His brother is Murray Head. Murray Head. Then there's Anthony Head. Yeah. Anthony Head is the brother. He was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Bridgerton, uh Ted Lasso. Uh, and then he's got nieces and daughters and stuff. Emily Head, who apparently started Robot Chicken. What? Right. No, I'm talking Robot when... Chicken was started by Seth Green. Yeah, he's part of it. Okay. Emily so Head like... is part of it. She was also in some British show that apparently a lot of people like called The Syndicate. Hold, hold on now. How is she related to uh, That's Murray? his niece. His niece. Okay. Right. There's a lot of successful people. Exactly. In like all from this fucking one night in Bangkok I'm guy, looking right? at her right now. She has a full Wikipedia with yeah. a picture and everything. Did One Night in Bangkok inspire this entire family to no, do great things? No, because the parents were actors right, and documentary before that, yeah, right? It yeah. says Murray Head was an actor, too, I think. Yes, he was in a movie called Sunday Bloody Sunday, oh, okay. which was wildly popular. So he's done a ton of acting as well and movies, but really people only know him for being the One Night in Bangkok guy. He does look sort of familiar, but not like his brother. Who, his Murray, brother Anthony yeah, Murray, Murray Head. Yeah, Murray had, Anthony had looked familiar for sure. Murray had I'm I'm not positive. You know, like you said, he might have acted a few times. I don't know if I ever saw him. Well, most of those were big British movies. But here's the thing: mm-hmm. Murray had still plays, still goes on tour, and wildly popular and successful in France. Oh, it's he's like doing the- three nights in France this this month. If you want to see him, where it's uh, theaters that are sold out. To see Murray Head. He's got, so it's like the Hoff with Germany. Well, they interviewed him. They said, you know, hey, what about, you know, uh, uh, France? And he just said that that song and his music were wildly popular in France. He said, and unlike uh, the UK and the US, uh, French people are incredibly loyal to musicians they like. So he just tours France and people still like his music and he still puts out music. More than that, this motherfucker. Uh, got in a car accident in September of 2022, right? Oh, recently. Right? So he's fine, thank God. Yeah. Murray Head is fine, but um, he was on his way to give an interview to the BBC, maybe, or some sort of okay. a large news corporation about the Queen when she passed. They wanted to talk to Murray Head about it because apparently... He's a celebrity. Yes. And Murray Head, and they don't know exactly how many people have done this, but one of the things that came up in the interview is that Murray Head is one of the few people who has ever uh, shook the hand of the queen. No shit. 
because uh, that's not protocol. You're not allowed to shake her hand. I didn't know you that. You curtsy or you bow, okay. you sh- right? That sounds Murray great. Head didn't know that, so when she brought him in because of, you know, the success of One Night in Bangkok, motherfucker shook the queen's hand. He's like one of seven people to have shaken the queen's hand. Man, huh? man, that song. Murray fucking Head. And if you can find a country that embraces you like that, you know, and it's not your home turf. I mean, David Hasselhoff is so big in Germany. Like, sure. that's a real thing. Just imagine you put out music, you're trying to become successful, and then you know it ain't working. If you're American, it's not really working, or it's working a little bit. And then suddenly a, a European country or some other country says, we love you, and we will love you for the rest of your life. And you're like, that's it. Right. I, f- I found it. I'm huge here. Well, if you want tickets, I've, I've got the dates that he's playing in okay. France. Uh, there's three days this month in February that he'll be playing in France. He's 70-some-odd years old. Uh, the accident, he went to the hospital, but he's fully recovered and he's fine. Uh, he said that he was driving to do the interview and kind of blinked and realized he was on the wrong side of the road. Oh, he's going back. And, and someone forward. hit him. And he's like, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't right. doing anything. I just. Just they drive on the wrong side of the road. Well, no, he's used to that. Oh, well, I know. But maybe he'd just been in a country where they hadn't and he came back. He, and just, he, said he, he just said he blinked and was. Yeah. Looked up, and it was his fault. Well, thank God he's okay. I have a question for you, Murray though. Head. I guess it's a question for both of you. What is Jesus Christ Superstar? All I know when someone says that. was a giant musical in the 70s. And it's like the, he's wearing the big robe, right? It's like a the musical big colorful about robe. Jesus that it, the whole thing is sung. It's it, just pure. So it's like Hamilton for like Jesus. Like hairspray or okay. hair, whatever hair, it was, right? Yeah. It's just like that. It's just a giant hippie musical. Is it? Is it like? Do Christians like it, or is it anti? No, I don't think so. So they think it's. Uh, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know if they hate or... it or not, but it's not like uh, Passion of the Christ or something. Okay, it's so a it was Jesus like, musical. It was like Hamilton, only Jesus in the seventies. I guess maybe it was a big popular musical. It was a big hippie thing. Okay, and I see in my mind, I always see when someone says the Jesus Christ superstar, I see the big robe, right? No, maybe I'm thinking of the Technicolor Dreamcoat. I just realized it in this very Jesus moment. Jesus Christ Superstar is a th- sung through rock opera with music by Andrew Lloyd Webber and lyrics by Tim Rice, laced, loosely based on the Gospel's account of the Passion. So there you go. And okay. then it gives you all the acts. Let's see. Um, I was thinking of the wrong thing. I was thinking of Joseph and the amazing Technicolor. The Broadway Coat. show and subsequent productions have been condemned by few by a few religious groups. Uh, Tim Rice was quoted as saying, it happens that we don't see Christ as God, but simply the right man at the right time at the right place. Okay, so it was just a big so musical. There you go. It was, and it and then it's been redone. Other 19 and 70 and 80s. Oh, I know growing up, I remember hearing that there was going to be a performance of it somewhere. You know, I, I remember seeing like commercials on TV for it, but I, I never exactly knew what it was. I guess it's obvious it's a musical. And I also, for some reason, had meshed it with uh, the Technicolor Dreamcoat thing and made it one thing. Did you know what it was, Snowcone, as soon as you hear Jesus Christ Superstar? Yeah, my stepdad had the album. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a big deal for hippies. Wow. I think everyone had that vinyl. Yeah. Are, are there songs on there you like? There- I never really listened to it, um, but I was just aware of what it was. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's one of those things where I've always been like, eh, I think it's too late to ask, but I feel comfortable asking you guys. There you go. Very good. That's a good Murray. So Murray Head. There you go. Murray Head, my favorite Murray. My favorite Murray. And and these Murrays can be, you know, it can be their first name, last name. Well, no, however, half a name. I don't care. Sure. That's can, my favorite Murray. It could be their character's name in a movie. But if it is the character's name, then we're going to focus on that character. But there's plenty mm-hmm. of Murrays. And when we said we're going to do my favorite Murray, I already had mine bookmarked because um, my favorite Murray is literally 
my favorite Murray. This is my favorite Murray. Uh, she's an inspiration to me. Um, I, I think, you know, look, One Night in Bangkok is, is, is great song. It looks like his family's done very well. But my favorite Murray is, I think, my favorite Murray is a little bit more important. One Night in Bangkok. I mean, I don't understand how you could say is a great song. The line is, One Night in Bangkok will make a hard man humble. Yeah. He basically wrote that about you. I know. I like the song. I'm telling you I like the song. I'm just saying my favorite Murray, to me at least, is a little more important. Can I tell you who my favorite Murray is? Well, I don't know. I didn't know that this was going to be a You've probably heard me talk about my favorite Murray before, but my favorite Murray is Judith Sargent Stevens Murray. Ouch. No idea. You guys wish that you'd picked her, huh? No clue who that is. No idea who you, that is. You guys know who she is. We don't. Judith Jude, Murray, Murray was an early American advocate for women's rights. She was an essay writer, a oh, playwright, you. a poet, and a letter writer. She was one of the first American proponents of the idea of equality of the sexes, that women, like men, had the capability of intellectual accomplishment and should be able to achieve economic independence. So she wrote this very famous essay called On the Equality of Sexes, which mm-hmm. I've, I've read. And no, you she, I have. I read it. No, you didn't. I, admit, I read Not it. Not a chance. I nope. read it. Nope. Guys, I wrote a paper about this. No, you didn't. She's like an inspiration to me. Okay. You wrote it at the place where you got crabs and tried to have a threesome? Actually, uh, was sure. when I was in school. In between yeah. those two things? I think it was a little bit after. It was one of my English sure, teachers said I was doing a good job. Enlightenment. Supposed to write about someone that inspired you, and I, I, I wrote about her. Judith Sargent Murray. Um, but basically, her thing, it, I, I know you guys aren't going to read the essay, although I wish you would. It well, won't take you that now. long. But the basic idea is that she says... It'd be you much have, easier to listen to One Night in Bangkok again. <laughs> if you have two two-year-old kids, okay? Yeah. One boy, one girl. She claims that the girl at that age is smarter. But society at the time would take the boy and educate him and give him a full education because they expect him to be the earner and to go out and be creative and do sure. all those things. The girl, on the other hand, is taught to sew, is taught to clean, is taught right. to cook. And she says that all that... Uh, intellectual Gender real estate roles. that women have was being wasted by doing these chores. Now, she sure. said, we can still sew, we can still uh, clean up the house, we can still cook, sure. we can still do those things, but we can also do other great things if you just educate us, that women are equal to men intellectually. And she says, now, we are not equal to men in strength. But her big thing was men think they're better because they're stronger. Well, then she says, I would point to the animal world because there's a lot of animals out there that are a lot stronger than you. But you're better than them because of your intelligence, or at least you're able to dominate them because of your intelligence. So why wouldn't you think of me as a woman the same way? Sure, you're stronger than me, but I have a brain too. I'm just as smart as you. What's the name of the essay? Hugely, hugely uh, on the the equality of the sexes. Oh, okay. That's the name of it. Mm -hmm. On on the equality of the sexes. she was born 1751. 1751. Yeah, so you can imagine yeah, what boy. things would have been like at, at this time, right? I mean, not easy to come out and say, hey, I think women are equal to men. Uh, and she died in 1820. She lived to be 69 years old. She died in uh, Natchez, Natchez, how do you say? I was just there, Natchez, Mississippi. There you go. You were just there? I was. I drove through it to get well, home. To, to, from and Florida. you stop and see her, her yep. home? Mm-hmm. You yep. did. Okay. We well, went what out else of our, do you know we, about We her? went out of our way a little bit. Um, well, I know that um, her parents were fairly wealthy. They were able to provide her with a, you know, a lot of nice things. Her dad was a, a, a ship owner, like a merchant, right? Mm-hmm. So the family made good money. She had uh, siblings. 
Um, a lot of the stuff that she learned and, and the ability that she had to write was all self-taught for the most part. She just read and she worked and she wanted to, you know, she would write a lot of things. Now, on the uh, equality of the sexes, that's like her most famous essay. Mm -hmm. But she wrote other things. Um, and she also had, you know, a good career all in all as a writer. Uh, not only did Murray write over 100 essays, including her landmark mm. on the equity of the sexes, in 1790, she also published a number of books, several poems, two comic plays throughout the late 1700s and early 1800s. Murray also wrote anonymously under the assumed name Constantina. So if you ever see something mm. that shows up, that's my favorite Murray. I want you to see a picture of her so that you remember who she is and just just think about how can you not be inspired by her. Right. Right. Well, Judith Summer was among a group of people in Gloucester, led by her father, Winthrop Sargent, who first embraced universalism. Did you know that? Well, I did only because, you know, I had to research uh, about her. But uh, I didn't go too deep into well, her dad's stuff. Oh, really? Really. Because I find that fascinating about her. Sure, you find so, the guy fascinating, of course. No, because she uh, was into uh, universalism with her father, Winthrop Sargent, but universalist historians say that because of Judith Sargent Murray, that's the reason why women hold leadership roles in the universalist church. Oh, well, there you go. You taught me something I didn't know about my favorite Murray, Judith Sargent Murray. That's good for you. I will be honest, I did not know that. Hmm. that she, she never had any children. That she is, uh, she, well, one of her big things, you know, you got to read the essay, Lazo. But one of her big things was that if women, uh, you know, are housewives, for lack of a better term, stay home and they're just expected to raise the kids and sew and do those things. She said that when they do have a bit of free time, it's not enough to really accomplish the things that they're capable of. So she said they would get caught up in kind of, you know, useless hobbies and uh, just killing time, basically, because they didn't have enough time to fulfill their full destiny. And also, oh, she did have it. Well, Judas took, oh, conform, huh? And they also lacked education. That was her big thing. She's like, just educate girls the same that you educate boys, and you'll see. We're just as smart. I mean, she's she's one of the first people, Laszlo. You looked her up now, right? I am finding all kinds about her. Despite, despite her publication efforts, the war devastated John Stevens' merchant business. In 1786, he fled to the United States to, to, to escape debtor's prison. Yeah, that's her husband, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then she, uh, well, he went, she remarried. Uh, Reverend John Murray. See, we could do a whole thing on Reverend John Murray. I just so have she to kept her up. maiden name Sergeant and signed her letters Judas Sergeant Murray. So that's where she got the Murray from. She's not originally a Murray, right? But she became one, and I think that's fair, right? Of course. Okay, I thought you were going to say that I can't count her as a my favorite Murray. So aren't you glad that I taught you about her? You'll remember her name. What's her name, Snowcone? Judith Sargent Murray. There you go. Yeah. This is good. This is People, good. Yeah. She wrote a lot of books, a lot of essays. Yeah. So that I had to, I just felt like it would be wrong to do uh, another Murray before I get to her. I wanted well, to sure. start. Sure, I mean, if that's your favorite Murray. I wanted to start with her because obviously she's very impressive uh, and inspiring. But hopefully in the future. Um, Cokie Roberts. Cokie Roberts. Used Murray's letter in her book's Founding Mothers. There you go. There you go. I, ha I had another Murray that I was uh, trying to potentially get on the show today. It didn't work out, but... Well, you couldn't get her? 
She passed, I found out. Mm. Yeah, she passed. I looked to see. and uh, I thought her picture looked a little old-timey. 1820. Mm. So, yeah. It's not like, you know, it's not like I just missed her. She's been gone a while. Mm-hmm. But I do have another Murray that hopefully uh, I can get on the show in the future. Also, if you have a Murray that you would like to, you know, discuss, I would love for people to send us Murrays, right? Find a good Murray for us to research. Snowcone, uh, you check that email, right? What is it? Toxic and problematic at Gmail. There you go. Toxic and problematic at Gmail. Send us your Murrays. Because I think Lazlo and I probably are looking through the same list. Mm. There's a lot of the internet's an amazing place. You can type in, you know, famous people named Murray, and you can get a thousand results with websites that just have everyone named Murray on it. But it's a lot to go through. There's tennis players, and there's writers, and there's physicists, and there's religious icons, and all these different Murrays. Obviously, actors and those things as well. But if you have one, we'd like to know it. Hmm. Are you still reading about her, Lazlo? I am. Uh, Murray. Uh, revisits the idea of education interfering with a woman's household duties, which you talked about. She suggests that education for women should be held in the early hours of the morning and that women uh, then be encouraged to fill up time rationally and they can find a way to balance both education and housework. Yep. She further notes that women tend to have more leisure time than their male counterpoints, counterparts, and that this is what typically leads women to falling prey to idle pastimes. Yep. That's in the essay, by the way. Yeah. What you're reading right there, that's straight from the essay. So she so. says, ladies, if you want to get an education, get up early, go to school in the morning, and then do the housework later at night. Yeah. Because your man's busy. Right. And she also said, don't worry, we'll still take care of the housework. Yeah, I mean, if you we read, got it. If you read through it, she does. I don't she's know just if she saying get up mind, early. But, yeah. Get up early and do that yeah. education stuff. She's saying basically there's no reason we couldn't also learn to sew and cook and get those right, things sure. done while also well, I don't hate her. being economically independent. Now, I don't know how she felt about like I don't know how far she took it. Did she think women should be able to vote? I don't know. Did she think women mm. should be able to drive a buggy? I don't know. I don't know. Were women allowed to drive buggies? I, I don't know a lot of history stuff. I didn't do very well in school. <laughs> but I do know that she thought she was the first really famous person to say men and women are equal and I'll prove it to you. Sure. And she, That's pretty and important. She That's pretty important. She's right? one of our founding mothers. She is one of our founding mothers. Yeah. And and, uh, and now uh, you get to vote. What? Who's Which Murray you like better? That's cheating. You've Why? Because you got the fucking song. You got... Play that song, Snowgone. You I, like that lady who was talking about women getting up early and go to school? She talked or about equal rights. do you rights. like Murray Head? Huh? The question is, which one do you find more interesting? Murray Head? You're going to remember Judith. Oh, I'll remember this. Snowcone says he doesn't even know the song. He does now, doesn't he? I I don't, how does yep. he not know this? Yeah. You've never heard that? That lady that you're talking about can't do this. That's cheating. What? It's cheating. Why is it cheating? Because you've got a song. Well, I don't she's have a got song. an essay. Yeah, I can't. But, you know, I, I, I gotta sit here and read her essay works of art. Right. There you go. But this is an audio medium. Yeah. I can't believe that Snowcone doesn't know this. Doesn't seem a minute since the on Twitch you know it. You got everyone knows the song, right? People are just saying this song is sick. It's a good song. 
Some people, even the people saying they don't know it are saying this song is sick. I mean, I got, I'm sure they like her essay or whatever. We can make a poll in the Twitch chat to see which one. Yeah, I'd like to see. Murray Head or that lady who's not even really a Murray. She doesn't marry a man named Murray. What the fuck? You're the problem. This is exactly what she I'm fought against. Was her name Murray or not? Her, her name was Murray. That's how it works. He could feel the devil walking next to him. Yeah, I know. This is cheating. You can't have a hit song and play it against my 18th century intellectual. Essays are for nerds. This song's a fucking banger. Obviously. A fucking banger. I didn't argue with you. I like the song. I just don't think it's fair to take a vote. Okay, I see the Somebody vote. Somebody else said they heard for the first time. The song fucking mentions Yul Brenner, for God's sake. All right. Does her essay mention Yul Brenner? No, it does not. Current poll, who's your favorite Murray this week? We already got the poll. 75%. You're winning, okay? But yeah. it's important sometimes that you learn something that maybe you didn't know you wanted to learn. Yeah. Right, you got three people to win for the... I got a few. Yours wasn't... Right, it's picking up speed now. Yours wasn't unanimous. I'm okay. just saying. I am, though... I guess I'm just old because I'm... If you played the song, Lazo, for me and said, all right, do you think Spencer will know it? I would think he would I would have said 100%. But yeah, a lot of people it. on the... I see that. On the chat are like, well, I know it. I know yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of people are saying they know it, and some, but some are also saying never heard it before. Stuff and travel around on a bus. I know, but it was on the radio, you know? Never it, heard it. And, and it's in movies and shit. I'm totally surprised. That would be an interesting premise to have, like, a one-hit wonder. Like Nerdlum says, put down the books and let's get a rocket and a roll in Murray Head. Are you a fan now, Snowcone? Yeah, that's great. Are you a fan of Murray Head or that Murray lady? No, I'll go with Murray Head. Yeah. It's not supposed to be a competition. I never said it was a competition. You said it was a competition at the end. I was not trying to make it a competition. Well, is now it? it is. Okay, well, great. So you get you like Murray Chad Head says he's better. buying it on a, that vinyl. Buying it. Good. Buy the vinyl. It's a good song. I was I was interested. But you can't be interested in mine as well? Slim's Murray oh, is my favorite Murray quoted by someone named Koki. <laughs> Her name was Murray. It's in Wikipedia is Murray. She married John. She's a Murray. She, it's important to know about her. If we'd gone to college and gotten degrees, you'd already know all this stuff. Mm -hmm. You'd know who she is. If I went to, when I went to college, what I did know was One, one night, night in Bangkok. Bangkok. That's yeah, what I knew. Know, we mm -hmm. know. And that is it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As always, if you'd like to help support the show, you can donate at the link in the episode description. Toxic and Problematic is sponsored by Mitra 9 Kratom. Visit mitra-9kratom.com and use promo code PROBLEMATIC for 20% off your order. Toxic and Problematic is produced by Spencer Wolf, which is me. Music provided by our friend George, who can be found at Kid Computer on Instagram. Thanks. Talk to you Monday.